the high priest identifies with us in verse 2. I'm going to read that again. I thought this was pretty good. He said, he, the high priest, can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. So God selected from the tribe of Levi someone who was weak. Someone that could represent the people who were wayward or whatever was going on in their life, this person could represent them. They were weak themselves. Relatable. They were relatable. Imagine going up to the high temple if it was some high religious person that you could never relate to. Instead, you know, there's Lenny from the tribe of Levi who has the same problems that I do, that they have to make sacrifices for themselves first before they can make sacrifices for the people. Talk about being relatable, authentic. It's much easier to go to the throne when you know that person struggles with the same things that you do. Verse 7 through 8. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obeyed him. Remember, I was talking about Jesus was obedient to his mom about making wine. Even though he didn't want to, he was still obedient. That Jesus was perfectly obedient to his parents, higher authorities, and ultimately, of course, to the will of his Father who was in heaven. Even though he was fully God and fully human and he had set aside his deity, took up humanity to live a perfect life that we could not live even as God's only son. You say, well, how can Jesus relate to everything that I'm going through? And I just read it, that he suffered to the point of obedience. And Jesus' obedience didn't always come easy, because here we read again, in there that he offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Think of him in this garden of Gethsemane. The loud cries and tears to, G- to God the Father who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence, but yet he still followed God's will. It didn't come easy. The obedience of Jesus in his earthly flesh. Imagine what he was going through in that garden. But yet he was still obedient. He didn't need to be taught obedience because he was somehow disobedient. He, he was always obedient, but rather it highlights his humanity. 
He fully entered into this human experience. And through trials, he learned to obey and trust his Father who is in heaven. Through trials. Suffering taught Jesus how to submit to his Father's will, even to the point of death on Calvary. The cross meant terrible agony. Required the obedience that none of us could even dream about having. Beyond anything we could ever comprehend. But praise be to God. Right? Praise be to God that he was obedient. That's our only way to salvation. It's our only way to have our sins forgiven. Praise God that Jesus, in his humanity, in fully human, that he was able to be obedient. The more you get to know Jesus, it's amazing our God is. In verse 7, it talks about supplications and prayers. And supplication, I was learning this week that it's like this idea of taking an olive branch and wrapping wool around it. And so you, it says prayers and supplications. And supplication is you wave this olive branch with wool. And it's like an intense prayer, an intense request to God. So Jesus was in prayer and supplication to God. And it's kind of interesting, this analogy that Jesus was in a olive grove, the Mount of Olives. We've, I've been there before. There's still, there's still an olive grove in this garden that Jesus was in the olives and He is the Lamb of God. He's giving supplications. Like I don't think He had to get an olive branch in the wool. Like It was there. Olive branch, He is the Lamb. Supplications and prayer to the Lord about if this is not if there's any other way for this cup to pass by me, please let it be so. And the Bible says that God heard him. It didn't change his mind. But God heard him. Why did God hear him? In verse 7, it says, because of his reverence, because of his awe, because of his fear of the Lord, his respect from the Lord, that, Lord, I don't want this to happen, but if it's your will, I'm going to do it. That was the respect and the fear that he had of the Lord, and because of that, God heard his prayers. We pray, your will be done. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy will be done. Like if if we truly are seeking God's will, we're trying to align ourselves to God's will. The Bible says, He's going to hear your prayers. You may not like it, <laughs> what His will is for your life at that time, but He will hear your prayers. So for the application for today, there's a couple of things I want us to think about. One, you can boldly approach the throne of grace. In your weakness, in your suffering, in your sin, because Jesus, he gets it. He understands. And then number two is learn to obey God and his will in your life. It does require 
on a microcosm level of what Jesus went through. It requires some suffering sometimes, and I personally know that myself. Like when God's will is different than your will, and you understand that, and you begin to suffer. I don't want to do that. God's asked me to do this, or asked me to do this, or asked me to be part of this, or asked me to move, or whatever it may be. We begin to resist it. And it's like a suffering. It's like God wanting us to follow His will, and we like have our flesh that's going against that. There's been many a times in a man and I's life like that has happened, this struggle about God's will in our life. But, but as you begin to understand God's will and be obedient to His calling in your life and you're on board with what He wants you to do, you begin to understand like the, the kingdom impact that that has. And the excitement of following Jesus. It's worth it. So you can boldly approach the throne and then learn to obey God and His will. Last two, last two verses, verse 9, the Bible says, And being made perfect, Jesus became the source of eternal salvation to all, to all who there that word is again, obey him. That he was made perfect through his obedience. By obeying God and God's will, he became perfect. The perfect sacrifice for you and for me because of his obedience. He was made complete. It's like finishing a, an online course or uh, finishing a race or whatever it may, whatever it may be that he, he was made he, he was made complete. Jesus he finished a righteous human life. He completed it. He had complete understanding of human frailty and suffering. God had never experienced that suffering. Jesus was made complete. All of our frailty and all of our suffering was made known to Jesus. And that qualifies him as our high priest. Someone that we can go to the throne and he can understand. Even though he didn't sin, he can still understand our weakness. His suffering stands as our basis for salvation. He made the perfect sacrifice on the, on the cross for our sins. And all you have to do is put your faith and trust in what Christ did for us. You have to trust Him. You have to obey and be obedient. Remember last week I was saying that yes, we can have a head knowledge of faith that this guy was alive 2,000 years ago and died for us on the cross, but it's not until we actually trust. Not until we actually trust Jesus. So we Give Him our lives. And we are obedient to Him. That is faith. And we say, Lord, I'm going I'm I'm to trust in Your Son Jesus for eternal life, to be saved, for my sins to be forgiven, so that I can live with God for eternity in heaven. Like, that is trust. It's called faith. Lastly, in verse 10, 
being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, everybody loves to learn about Melchizedek. We don't have time today, but I think it, come, I think it comes up in the next uh, couple of chapters about uh, Melchizedek, that Jesus, uh, he, he doesn't come from the tribe of Levi. This is a whole different thing that he come from Melchizedek. And so I'm excited to tell you more about that as time goes on. But the high priest represents us to God, intercedes for us, makes, made a sacrifice for us in our place. He represents us, that's Jesus, and he gets us and he loves us. And in Romans 10, 9, it says that if you uh, believe in your heart, that, it, that if you confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead three days later, it says you are saved. If you put your trust in that, that Jesus is Lord of your life, and you believe that God, through his power, raised Jesus from the dead, that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, that that he conquered death for you and for me, and that God raised him from the dead. He was walking around, and, and now he sits at the right hand throne of God. Like, if you believe that, if you put your trust in that, the Bible says that you you are saved. And Jesus is your high priest. If you've never done that today, if that's something God's been working on your heart, I would just pray today that you put your trust in Jesus and not yourself and not this world, not your 401k, but you put your trust in Jesus alone. We're going to pray in a little bit and I'll lead you through that prayer. But I just pray that we just get our hearts ready for the Lord's Supper Come to the altar, come to the Lord as our high priest. Bring all your cares, all your worries, all your sins to him. He is quick and just to forgive us of our sins for those that ask. He is a high priest that understands. You can bring anything to him. You're not going to surprise him. You're not going to catch him off guard. It's okay. He sympathizes with us. He gets it. Let us pray. Dearly Father, Lord, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you that he took on flesh, that he took on humanity. Thank you that he lived a perfect life. Thank you that Jesus, he gets it, he understands, that he he suffered, that he was tempted Yet he never sinned, but he is a high priest that we can go to that understands our humanity, understands our sinfulness, understands how weak we are, understands that we are sheep that just run away, understands that our flesh is so strong, just as Paul, like, why do I do the things that I do? wretched man that I am. He gets it. He understands. It's the reason why you sent Jesus. The reason why he is our high priest. Because you knew we couldn't do it. 
So Lord, I pray today that we turn our eyes to your throne, to where Jesus is, our high priest, who has already made the perfect sacrifice for us. There's nothing left to be done. That's why he went and sat down. The work was over. It was finished. Lord, help us. We are so weak. We are so helpless. Lord, help us to turn our eyes to Jesus. He is where our help comes from. There's nothing else in this world that can help us. That we would allow the works of Jesus and your power to work in and through us. That we would admit our weakness, that we can do nothing apart from Jesus. Nothing. Or that is a place of vulnerability and weakness but it's also a place of great power great healing of great hope well let us bring our weakness to the throne and praise you for who you are people said. Amen. I've got another